and in your strength, God. And we thank you that in our weakness, Lord, we are made strong in you, God. We thank you that you are with us. You are for us, not against us. And church, that's a great line to sing this morning, that we trust in our God, that we will not be shaken. And it's something we need to declare over our lives again and again, that our hope is in Him and we can trust in Him. He's a good God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? Thank you, team. It's good to be back in church together, although we were in church together last weekend in the park. That was good. Scored a few sixes against the kids. That was fantastic in cricket. It's always good for the self-esteem to have a five-year-old bowl against you. Oh, yeah, I can have that. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, mate. Put that there. Keep, keep, keep them guessing. Hey, a um, few things before we preach this morning. Just want to update you on a couple of things and then share a message with you this morning. First one is our Count Me In, which is up on the screen right now. For those of you that don't know, once a month, I just give you an update on how we're tracking as a church. At the beginning of the year in February, we set out our vision and our goal for our Count Me In giving, which is everything to do with real care, which is our local care, um, is our building, which is our community centre, all of our local stuff, all of our national stuff, the indigenous stuff, the stuff overseas that we want to give towards. We set a goal for the year of $125,000 that we as a church would give to Count Me In and that would contribute to all those things. And so far, well, the end of, end of September, our total is $77,199.80. Yes, you can give a big, big, big clap for that. That is fantastic. So we are on track but we still have a way to go. We've got three months between now and the end of the year to um, aim towards our target. So I just want to encourage you to keep giving into those things so we can continue to do those amazing projects. Um, some of them are local, some of them are overseas. Some of the overseas stuff, speaking of which, is what Josh and I have just returned home from. So uh, last week we got home from two weeks in Sri Lanka and India. And people have been asking how it was, and the answer is very, very good. <laughs> but the longer answer, I'm just going to spend the next few minutes just giving you a little bit of a, um, just an idea, because some of you people have no idea what it's like over there. If my head wobbles a little bit while I do it, just forgive me. You're just blending in with the culture. Um, I had to remind myself to use a fork when I got home, because you eat with your hands over there, which is a lot of fun. I reckon every kid should go to India just so they can be allowed to eat with their hands. Make sure you use your right hand, though, because you might want to cause a little bit of offence. All right. First few days, we were in the hills of Sri Lanka. We're up in the hills of Sri Lanka with Pastor Stephen Joseph. He is that man there in the middle. He is a short man in size, but he is a giant in the kingdom of God. He has 24 churches across the nation of Sri Lanka. He is a great man. Um, and the hills of Sri Lanka, he has a church, and that's where we went that's where he has one of his branch churches. That's where all your Dilma or your Lipton or your tea comes from. And we've got to minister amongst those who work in the tea plantations. So um, it's a beautiful spot. But we got to, at night, we'd go into these house meetings, which is the next slide. And you've got to imagine a room like a bedroom, like a small bedroom, jam-packed with people. Like you can see that shot there on the left of just... You mean 40 people into this little room, jam-packed, all hungry for God. On the first night, we went to a place, and um, the room was about 30 people in this room. Half of them were Christians, half of them were Hindus. 
believing in other gods, but were hungry because they wanted to know what was being said. They'd never had a meeting in that little village before. We were the first guys to be able to go in there with the team and have a meeting. So we preached, we, we prayed for them. They sung some songs. And at the end of the night, people that were walked in that room that were Hindus be, chose to give their life to Jesus that night. And, and that's fantastic. But the best thing is, I, I asked him, what happens next? He goes, or oh, now weekly, we'll start a meeting in this, in this home. So every week there'll be a life group now meeting in that home which will connect to the church which is about 20 minutes away and that's how they grow the church over there. They start a meeting, use the white people and then um, have a, a life group from there the next week. So we did that for a few nights in the hills praying for people, preaching and that was fantastic. Um, then we went to Stephen Joseph Church which was on the Sunday. This is back in Colombo or a suburb called Ragama and he has a big church and he has three services. Get ready. What time, Josh? 6 a.m. You imagine that on Daylight Savings Morning. 6 a.m. service. Then they have an 8 a.m. service, which is an English-speaking service, which Josh got to preach at. Fortunately, a friend of ours, Wayne Heinsen, who's a pastor from Newcastle, he was um, in Sri Lanka at the time, and he volunteered to do the 6 a.m. So we said, you go for it, mate. I don't want to take away that blessing from you. We will be there on the front row to support you, but he preached the 6 a.m. Josh did the 8 a.m. English service, and then I spoke at their 9.30 service. So they've got a big church, and um, it was a fantastic morning. I even got to do a baby dedication. You can see up there on the top right-hand corner. Yep, that was me, baby dedicating. It was the first of two baby dedications for the trip, but it was a great morning with Stephen. Uh, then we flew over to India, and we went to a place called Tiruputur. On the first day, we did a combined churches meeting, and another baby dedication, and have a look at that for a bowl of rice. You know how we have the table after church? This is just the table on steroids because there's just this huge, big, this bowl of rice, like big, high thing, and there was lots of people fed from that. So it was a combined churches meeting, which was great. We preached at that. And then we visited a, um, a children's home called the Haynes Children's Home, who, um, when I first started going to India, which is the next slide, this home was like, about 20 kids and it was a bit run down there wasn't much but now there's over 60 children there's a boys dormitory and a girls dormitory of children that are living there some of them have no parents some of them have one parent some of them have parents who are unable to look after them there's there's kids in the home whose parents are both blind and are begging on the street so they're not in a position to raise their children so they're in this home so they had a, a worship night and we got to be a part of that Got to share a little bit of a, a story with them. And the best part was we got to pray over them and with them. And just watching them worship was just a special night to be a part of. So that was, that was a, a real good part of our trip. From there, we got on our overnight train. Yes. And every time in India, I, I've been there so many times, and we try and figure out, because the train's got 20 carriages. And like, okay, which end of the train is our allocated coach? And we always get it wrong. The last two times I have run the length of a platform at night because it only stops for two minutes to get on at the right spot. Anyway, we were, got on two coaches away from where we had to by the time it was leaving. We got to our spot and we made our overnight train. We went to a town called VJ Water. And the first place, the first night we were there, we went to a church in a slum area. And in this slum area, there's a church. And what they do is five nights a week is they run a free English tuition for the kids in the slum area and then give them dinner. So they do that for free for the slum kids in the area. 
And we just, again, got to go visit with them, pray with them, sing some songs and just hang out with them. But I loved it. They were in the middle of a slum area, but they were providing some just basic great things. And again, these kids aren't Christian kids. They're Hindu kids. But many of them are the families are now coming to church and are joining the church because of the kids being ministered to and being blessed. So it's a great ministry to be part of. It was funny. We were in a, a small room next door to the church because the church is actually had been demolished. The church was falling apart. And so what they did was they go, all right, we need a new building. So they knocked down the old one and now there's just the rubble. And now they're like, okay, we're just going to rent the building next door till we can raise the money to build the building there. So at the moment, they're in a rented facility next door to the church. But $20,000 builds them a new church in the middle of a slum area. Anyway, we might look at how we can help them with that because that would be a great thing to do. They're in a slum area doing that. Where are we up to? The next day we went to did a pastor's meeting. So these pastors, there's a guy, Matthew Thomason, he has 700 pastors across India and he pastors them. So he's not their boss, but he just looks out for them, cares for them. He's like a spiritual father to these guys who are in villages and remote places across India facing huge persecution. The government in India has said that by 2021 they want all Christians out of India. That's what They've made it their mandate. Not going to happen, but that's the kind of opposition that they're up against. And these guys just, uh, this building that we were in, I'll just get sidetracked for a minute. The building that we were in, the pastor, when he first went there, the, he was there for a little while having church in his home and he went into the village one day. And when he was in the village, his next door neighbor was a Hindu, didn't like what he was doing and burnt his house down because he was a Christian. Anyway, he came back fixed it up, put a tent up, lived in the tent, had church in the tent, now has the building. Then his neighbor got sick and was unwell and, it, and the pastors are to care for him and feed him and look after him. Now you go there and the church building is there, his home is there and next door is in, like it's not there anymore. The guy's up and gone but this guy has just stayed in the village and the fact that he cared for and looked after the neighbor who burnt down his house has just brought him so much credibility in the village. People go, hey, this guy's genuine. This guy's a good guy, and they're coming to the church. So he was one of the churches that we were in. But there's stories like that just right across. But anyway, we spent the first day with 30 pastors, and the second day with 70 pastors, and we just got to preach, um, pray over them. The photo that you can see there on the right was we talked about um, prophesying and praying for one another, so they just we let them loose, and they... Um, we're praying for one another, prophesying over each other, speaking into each other's lives. And then we also got to pray with them as well. And so it was just a great two days in a row. So 100 churches that we got to speak into the life of over two days by speaking into the pastors of those churches. So it's a, it's a really fruitful time and a great thing to be a part of. Then we went and did a Sunday morning church service. I didn't do a baby dedication. It was a little bit disappointing. I didn't get to do one after getting used to doing baby dedications, but that's okay. We tag team preach. They said the preaching's an hour and a half. So like, how are we going to do that? And so Josh did the first half and I did the second half. So that was good. And then we fa- finished up with it. Our last night we were in Hyderabad and we went to Hope You See, which is in Hyderabad in India. And they run their services in English and it's really good because they are reaching Indians that are, um, got an education that are a little bit more um, higher class. And I've always said India's got a huge population and there's always going to be poor people in India that need ministering to. But the way that India is going to be reached is by middle class Indians and people with a little bit of influence, a little bit of money 
reaching their own nation. And so churches like Hope You See are fantastic because they're reaching the influencers, the people in the high tech, in the, in the universities, in the film industry. They're reaching them with the goal of them being able to reach their nation. So it was great to, um, also really good to go to a service in English where you knew what was going on. That was a nice change after two weeks of interpreting. So anyway, it was a really, really good trip. Um, some great opportunities for future teams, but also for future partnership. $200 a month sponsors a church planter, someone who will go out into a village and pastor a, a, a town or a region $20,000 builds a new building for that church in the slums area. So there's great opportunities for us as a church to look at how we partner with them. For those of you that don't know, I was born in India. So going to India is just like going home. But it was Josh's first time in India. So I'm going to get Josh to come up quickly and just get him to give his perspective on India and Sri Lanka. Awesome. I, if anyone knows me, I love food, um, if you can't tell. Food was incredible. Um, I love spicy food, so that was very good. Um, but I think the thing that hit me the most when when we were in India was was luckily was saying that that persecution against the Christians, like we're here and we can worship freely, like we can do what we want, really, with like religion and all that kind of stuff. But the government's made it their mandate to kick out all Christians, and it was kind of confronting. That whole whole fact that well, you can get hurt for being a Christian here, and as a tourist, you're not allowed to be involved in any religious activity, and it was quite confronting for me. And I was kind of oh, okay, this is a bit bit much, but it was um it was eye opening. And then then watching those kids and the way they worship, it was it was amazing. Like just seeing them be able to worship and then open up everything they have. And there were these little little boys, and they were just in tears because of what God was doing in their life, and it was it was heartbreaking. It was amazing, and yeah, that's and it was very hot. The hills was nice. That was nice and warm, well, nice and cool. But yeah, that's about it, really. Very good, thank you, Josh. It's good having someone big and tall to follow through in the, in the crowds at the train station. I'd say, Josh, we're going over there and you lead the way and I'll just tuck in behind you and go on the slipstream. <laughs> it's fantastic. Very good. All right. Um, if you're interested about India or Sri Lanka, come and talk to me because it's, it's something that we'll continue to do in the future. This morning, though, we're going to um, read a story from the Bible and um, we're going to look at a story where someone had an interrupted night of sleep. Very appropriate on Daylight Savings Morning where we may have had a little bit less sleep. But I need my helpers for this. So, Sunny Lot and Josh Davey. This is you, Sunny. That's your bed. And Josh, you're over there in front of the drum kit. All right, have a, have a lie down. You don't have to get in it. Just lie on top. There you go. Josh is over there having a sleep. You're paying attention, kids. You can maybe yell out in this if you want. Okay. We're looking at the story. That's right. Don't get too comfortable, mate. We're looking at the story of Samuel in the Bible. Samuel over here is going to be referred to from now on as Sonny because it's just a little bit easier for me. And over here is old man Eli. We might call him Josh every now and again. His eyesight is fading. 
and he's an old man, he's serving the temple. Now look, it might be up on the screen if you want to follow along. It's from 1 Samuel 3, but I'm just going to improvise a bit and tell the story in my own words, if you're okay with that. If you want to read exactly what happens, 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first 10 verses. There's a young guy, his name is Sonny Lot, I mean Samuel, and he's in the temple of God. His mum is Hannah, who we've looked at before, who cried out to God asking for a son, and God gave him a son. And as a return, she said, I'm going to give him back, and he's going to serve the house of God all the days of his life. So he is serving in the temple with Eli, Josh, the priest. And one night, Sonny is sound asleep. Snore. Okay, he's sound asleep. And he hears this voice. He hears the voice. Sonny. Samuel. Sonny. Wake up. And he wakes up. And he thinks, it must be Eli calling me. So he runs over to Eli. And he runs over to him. And he wakes Eli up. He wakes him up and he says, Eli, Eli. Josh, Josh. What do you want? And he goes, what are you waking me up for? I don't want anything. Go back to bed. So he sends him back to bed. Anyone ever had kids wake them up in the night? You can relate to this story. So Samuel, Sonny goes back to bed and he's sleeping again and all is quiet. And then all of a sudden, Sonny hears, Sonny, Sonny, get up. And he goes, Eli's woken me up again. So he runs back across to Eli and he's, does a stage dive on his head. No, he doesn't do that. He wakes him up. He's a little bit harder to wake up this time. And he wakes him up and he goes, Eli, Eli, what do you want? Well, you were calling me. And he goes, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed and stop waking me up. Get back to bed, Sonny. Stop waking Eli up. Anyway, Sonny's back asleep. Sonny's sleeping. Eli's sleeping. You know who I'm talking about. Samuel's sleeping. Eli's sleeping. And then again, the voice comes, Sonny, Sonny, wake up. And up again. And he goes, Eli just keeps waking me up. What is he doing? Go get him. And he goes, this time Eli's fast asleep. And he jumps on his head and he wakes him up again. And he says, what do you want? You called my name. I heard you calling my name. And this time Eli realizes and he goes, Sonny. Samuel, that wasn't me. I think it's the voice of God. Next time you hear that voice, this is what I want you to say. I want you to lie back down. And if he calls your voice again, say, yes, I heard you. You go, yes. And say these words, I'm your servant ready to listen. Okay? Don't wake me up again. Now go back to bed. All right. You can go back to sleep, mate. You're not going to get woken up this time. I know the end. Yeah, you can sleep in peace. Till your alarm goes off, you're good. Okay. Samuel's back asleep. And again, he hears the voice. Sonny. Sonny. And this time he remembers. It's not Eli calling me. It's God calling me. And he says to God... I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Now, that's pretty good. <laughs> when we practice, he goes, what do you want, God? And he says to God, speak, because I'm ready to listen. You can go sit down now. You want to take your sleeping bag and take him with you. 
He says, speak. These are the words in the message translation. It says, speak. I'm your servant, ready to listen. And this morning, I want to speak to you about those words, ready to listen. We read that God did speak to Samuel that morning, that night, in the middle of the night. He spoke to him. And he revealed to him things that would happen in the future that hadn't happened yet. He, he told him about what was going to happen in the land before it had happened. And it came to pass. If you read this, another verse in the Bible, Jeremiah 33, you'll know that God actually wants to speak to us. And he wants to reveal to us things that haven't happened yet. It says this, Jeremiah 33 two. This is God's message. The God who made earth, made it livable and lasting, known everywhere as God. He says this. Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Samuel is a young boy. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the future. He's just a young guy serving the temple. But God speaks to him that night and reveals to him stuff that will happen in the future. And it comes to pass. God speaks to him and shows him what's going to happen. Samuel grows up and becomes what's known as a prophet someone who God would speak to the nation through. God would speak to Samuel and Samuel would speak to the nation of Israel. He was God's voice to a nation. But at an early age, as a young kid, he learnt to hear the voice of God. Back then, in those times, that's normally how God would speak to his people. If God wanted to speak to his people, he would speak through a prophet like Samuel through many of the prophets in the Old Testament. But the thing is about today is he speaks to us directly. God speaks directly to his sons and his daughters. Jesus talked to his disciples and he said about how this would happen. He said in John 14, he said, Ask and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. We have an advocate. We have a Holy Spirit and it leads us into all truth. Verse 26 of John 14 says this, When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, listen, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. There is a God who wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me. It's actually quite incredible when you stop and think about it. You know, many religions around the earth, they worship a God. They, they worship a God and he's up here at this level. And they think he's just the almighty and he's just nothing better than him. But they would never even dream that they could have a conversation with him. They never even dreamed that they could have a relationship with him. But our God... The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is God. He actually has a desire to communicate with you. He has a desire to hear you speak, but also a desire to speak to you. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the almighty God, the one we worship, the one we praise, wants to communicate to you, wants to speak to you. Whether you're young or old, whether you're educated or not, whether you've been a Christian a long time or a short time, he still wants to speak to you and I. A.W. Tozer said this, It is in the nature of God to speak. It's in His nature. He's not a silent God. He's not a mute God. He's a God who speaks. But the challenge for you and me is this, Can we hear Him? Are we listening? 
You know, the other day, Lozzie stopped and she said these dangerous words. You weren't even listening, were you? And I thought, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation. And some of you can relate to that. But what do you like at listening to the voice of God? What do you like at hearing the voice of God? Hearing the voice of God is such an important thing. But I wonder if we are honest this morning, how many of us can say we know the voice of God? We listen and we hear his voice in our life. For Samuel, as a young boy, he heard the voice of God. Now, some people say it was an audible voice. He actually heard a voice physically. And others say, no, it was more of a dream or a vision. There's no doubt that God does speak in an audible way to some people. But for most people, most of the time, we don't hear an audible voice. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's just the most often way is not that way. So how do you hear the voice of God if you can't hear the voice of God? That's the question I'm asking this morning. Does that make sense to you? How do you know God's voice if you don't actually hear audibly him speaking to you? How does God speak to you today? I'm not going to preach long this morning, but that's just simply the question I want to ask is how does God speak to you? It's actually a really good thing to talk about amongst family, amongst your life group, amongst your friends. Not just today after church when having coffee, well, about, how about the weather or what are you doing in the holidays? But it's a really good question to ask and learn from each other. How do you hear the voice of God? How does God speak to you? When was the last time God spoke to you? What did he say? How did you know it was God and not your wife? Get those two mixed up sometimes. How did you know it was God speaking to you? Because we've got to learn from each other. We've got to, it's a great thing to discuss. And the thing is, it's different for all of us. Some things work for some people and they don't for others. But the thing is, God does want to speak. I read this quote this week in preparing. It says this, God doesn't communicate with us the way we communicate with one another. He communicates from his spirit to your spirit. And then your spirit communicates what you hear to your mind. That is what we call an inward witness. It is very similar to a thought, a thought or a prompting. It's very subtle and requires a closeness with God and regular practice to hear it more quickly and clearly. I think many times we miss the voice of God because we just think it's our own thoughts. And sometimes it is our own thoughts. He's just got into our thoughts. How do you recognize? How do you know it? How does God speak to you? Have you heard the thing before of the still, small voice that's talked about in the Bible? Sometimes it's simply that. It's that thought in your head, and it's God putting that thought there, and it's Him speaking to you. Other times it's a dream or a vision. Other times it might be an audible voice, but the thing is God is speaking to us. I just want to share just some thoughts this morning, just some practical stuff, hopefully, on what, how we hear God's voice. And you might be sitting there and going, that doesn't work for me, and there might be other ways, and that's okay. First thing I want to talk to you about is this idea between a, relationship and an appointment who has ever had an appointment with someone doctor's appointment dentist appointment tax man appointment whatever it might be an appointment you make you set a time you set a date you set a place and you have an allotted amount of time and usually then you have to pay 
and it's finished. It's usually how it works. And if you want to speak with that person again, you need to make another appointment to speak to them. And you only tend to make an appointment when you want or you need something. So there's pressure on that moment. There's pressure on that half an hour or that hour or that 15 minutes, that allotted amount of time that you've set for an appointment. There's pressure for you to hear and to get and receive what you want. But it's different when you have a relationship with someone. The conversation is more natural and it's more flowing. If they're nearby, say they're in the other room, you just get up or if you're in my house, you yell from one end to the other and you have a conversation and you can speak to them for as long or as little as you like. It's a natural thing. And with technology, it doesn't matter if you're close or if you're in India because they can still communicate. I got a call, a FaceTime in India asking me where the AA batteries were. (laughs) Really important stuff right there. But that's okay because there's a relationship. Because there's a relationship, we can just communicate on the fly. It can be quick, it can be natural, and it can be flowing. And here's the thing. Appointments with God are really good. But the thing God desires the most is a relationship. It's not just waiting for an allotted time and allotted place to spend time with God, but to open up all of our life, all of our days, all of our moments to be listening and speaking, aware of his promptings, aware of the thoughts that come into our mind while we're driving our car, going, is that you speaking to me, God? To be in continual communication, listening for his voice and his promptings throughout the day, and not just speaking to him when we need or we want something. You know, if we only go to God when we need or we want something, the pressure is on. Now, I consider myself to be a pretty funny sort of guy. I've got a good sense of humour. If you agree, say yes. If you don't, be quiet. (laughs) But every now and again, Loz will say, tell me a joke and I'll freeze. I don't have a joke. I can't just produce on demand. But if we go about our day and just have conversation and stuff happens, I'll make some pretty funny comments along the way. I'll give you some pretty humorous commentary of the day's events on the fly. But in the moment of that pressure time, I can't do it. It's like when your wife says to you, let's have a deep and meaningful conversation. I can't do it. But hopefully, as the day goes on and as just life is happening, conversation will flow because I'm not putting the pressure on the moment and the time. And it's like that with God. If some of us are only speaking and communicating with God in an allotted time and place... We're putting so much pressure to hear from God, to get the direction from God, to get the answer from God. Whereas if we would open up our life and just say, God, I'm always ready. I'm always listening. I know that you're always listening to me and I want to make my life always open for you to speak to me. Imagine how much more natural and flowing it could be. How much more of a relationship rather than an appointment with God. Now, I'm not saying appointments with God are not good. I actually think we need them. I actually think it's really a healthy exercise to put some time and some space in your week, in your day, where you go, God, I'm just going to remove the distractions. I'm going to put the technology away. I'm going to find the off switch. You know your phone has an off switch? 
you know, teenagers, that actually has an off switch on your phone. It's an incredible device. It can actually power off for a little while, not just run out of batteries. You can turn the thing off. I know. But in that time, making some time, what do you do? Sometimes it's good just to be still, just to be quiet. Sometimes people like to sit in nature because it helps them, you mean, looking at the lake or the ocean or the river or the trees or the mountains or whatever it is, their garden. Just a quiet place just to be still and know that He is God. Sometimes it'll involve opening the Word of God, the written Word. God speaks to us through that. I'm actually going to do a message soon on how to read the Bible for God to speak to you, not just for it to be words on a page. But God speaks through His Word. Other times it's music. If you're like me, you can't sing, you can't write music, you can't do anything remotely close to music. But I can listen. And sometimes if I just put on some worship and appreciate someone else's songwriting gift and ability, I can let God speak to me through that. Sometimes it's journaling. Some people are good at writing down and recording the thoughts that they think of God speaking to them. They record it. Or they write down their prayers. Or they read a verse that spoke to them that day and they just record it. They keep a record of it so that they can see the, trans- the relationship building with God. There actually is so much value and merit in taking some time and saying, God, I just want to be in your presence. I want to pray, but I also just want to hear your voice. I want you to speak with me. I actually think that when we do this on a regular basis, it helps us hear his voice during the busyness of life. A lot of people like to do it first thing in the morning. Others can't do it first thing in the morning. They like to do it the last thing before bed. Others take it in their lunch break, whatever it is. But it's just a time in their day where they just try and remove the other voices, remove the other distractions and say, God, I just want to spend time with you because I know I want to hear your voice. And by doing it for an allotted amount of time, having that appointment, you're actually opening up your spirit and your life for the rest of the time to hear his voice. It's kind of like they work together. And I just want to say this, don't limit your communication with God to just an appointment. But at the same time, don't limit it to just on-the-run communication either. Husbands and wives, if all the time you communicate to each other is just on the run as you're coming and going and crossing each other, you're not going to build a healthy, strong relationship, are you? You need both. You need allocated, designated time together but you also need to be able to just communicate on the run and on the fly. And both of those things together help build a healthy relationship. And that's what it should be like with us and God, hearing His voice in our life, hearing His direction. And it's like anything. The more you do it, the more easier and natural it becomes. The more you're able to discern God's voice from all the other voices in your lives. You know, we live in a world where there are so many voices competing for our attention. So many voices speaking in. Some of them good, some of them negative. How do we discern, like I said before, what's God's voice? What's Him speaking to us? Say you do get a thought. Say someone gives you a word. Say you're reading the Bible and you feel God's speaking to you. How do you discern that it's God and not something else? Anne Lotz teaches this, and I think it's a great thing. She says, this is how you learn the authentic voice of God. It's like a filter, like a test to discover what's genuine, what's authentic. 
You know, in India and in Asia, you can buy lots of imitation and copies of stuff, can't you? Or as they like to say, this is a genuine imitation or a genuine copy or a first copy, the best copy. But we want the real thing when it comes to the voice of God. And these are three great things. The, the authentic voice of God is biblical, is personal, and is powerful. And it's a great thing to ask yourself this question. Is this thought, this prompting, this feeling that I think God's speaking to me, does this line up with what the Bible says? Is this contradicting God's word or is this lining up with God's word? Great first question. Second question, is it personal? To me, this means, is this something that no one else knows about? It's something that only I know. I haven't even shared this with anyone. Is it a personal thing to me? Or is it spoken in a way that's speaking my language? You know, we joked about how in India and Sri Lanka, we couldn't understand what was going on in the church services unless someone explained it to us because we didn't know the language. It wasn't pers our personal language. But I believe that when God speaks to us, he'll speak to us in our personal language. God's not going to speak to Josh in Hindi or Polish. He's going to speak to him in a language that he can understand. He's going to speak to you in a language that you understand. And the third thing is, is it powerful? Does this help me grow, change? Is there power and life in these words? Is it lifting me up and directing me or is it pulling me down? Is there life and power in these words? Three great questions when you're trying to discern, is this God speaking to me? The truth is God speaks in so many different ways. You know, in this short amount of time, I've looked at a few. Here's some other things that God might speak through. He uses other people, even the people that we don't like. Even the people that rub us up the wrong way and just annoy us. God can use them to speak to us. God uses other people maybe to give us a word of knowledge or a prophecy. God can speak to you as you're listening to a sermon. Hopefully he does. If you're relying just on my words, you're in trouble. God can speak through life, through circumstances, through nature, through music, through dreams, through visions, through art. God is not limited by how he speaks. The, the method changes and the method varies, but the thing that is the same is that God's intent is to have a conversation with you and a conversation with me. God wants to speak to us. The method changes, but the intent is the same. He wants a relationship. He wants a two-way communication. Revelations 3.20 says this, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, big question, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. This letter was actually written to the church, it was written to Christians, written to believers, saying, hey, I want to be part of your world. I want to communicate with you like friends do over a meal together. Let me in. It applies to you and to me. This morning, the simple question, and I'm going to finish soon because we're going to just spend a bit of time. How do you hear God's voice? Do you hear God's voice? When was the last time you felt that God spoke to you? I actually believe that God is always speaking. God is always communicating. It's in His nature to communicate. The issue is always with us. Not trying to be something so that God speaks to us, but just simply slowing down, tuning our ear, 
saying, God, I'm ready to listen. Like Samuel said to God that day, when he finally realized that it was God speaking to him, he said these simple words. He said, speak, I'm your servant, ready to listen. I wonder how many of us are ready to listen. This morning, my intent was twofold. One, I want to start the conversation. I want you to have this conversation this week with someone in your world. How do you hear from God? Husband and wives, brothers and sisters, friends, life groups, whatever it might be, people in your world, ask them that question. How do you hear from God? Learn from each other. That's the sort of stuff we should be talking about as a community of faith, encouraging one another on. How do you hear the voice of God? But the second thing is, I want us to spend a moment right now just being still and allowing God to speak to us. If I could have the uh, team come. As the keyboard plays this morning, I want us to be quiet and I want us to be still. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to have a pen and paper in your hand. But it's just going to be a minute or two. Some people struggle with silence because we're so used to noise in our world. But we're just going to let the keyboards play. And as the keyboards play, we're going to make the words on the screen our prayer. Speak, God. We are your servants. We are your kids, your sons and your daughters. And we're ready to listen. We believe you want to speak. And we're just going to be still for a moment. Be quiet for a moment. And believe that you want to speak to us here today in this place. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are speaking. We thank you that it's in your nature to communicate. And we just pray that even in this moment, we would hear your voice. 
that in our lives, in our weeks, in our day-to-day coming and going, that we would be listening for you to speak to us, ready for you to speak, ready for you to lead and guide. That you would speak to us about the big stuff, but you'd also speak to us about the little stuff. God, help us to recognise your voice, to know your voice. God, because it's your voice that leads. It's your voice that guides. We can call to you and you answer and you'll show us great and mighty things, things which we do not know yet, God, but you can reveal to us. Thank you that you want to speak. And we just want to say, church, that we, your church, we want to listen. We want to listen and obey your voice. Just imagine what our lives could be like if every day we just spent some time listening for His voice, listening for His promptings, listening for His encouragement, His guidance. God, we thank You for Your voice in our life. As I finish today, I just want to give you an opportunity to begin a relationship with Him. You know, I know of people that have said that they were far from God, they weren't living for God, they weren't a Christian. But something happened in their world where they felt that God came into their life and He appeared either through a person or through an event. And for others of us, that hasn't happened, but we come to a realisation in our life that we want that relationship. We want to know who God is. Maybe we read the Bible for the first time or it gets explained to us. And today I want to give you that opportunity to begin a relationship with, with God. The God who created you, who loves you and has an amazing plan for your life. And the way we do this is by accepting and believing in Jesus. We surrender control of our life and we give Him permission to have control, to be the one that we follow. It requires us to swallow our pride a little bit and admit that we've done things wrong. The Bible calls this sin. It says that all of us have done it. But the great thing is that what Jesus did for us is that He took away and pardoned the sin, forgave of, of our sin. And He leads us to a place where we can have life and life to the full by believing in Jesus, by believing He is the Son of God. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Lottie. I want to begin that relationship. Today is the day that I've decided to put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ, that I want to believe in Him. I want to give my life to Him, to following Him and knowing Him as my Lord and my Saviour. If that's you, you can just raise your hand right now and I'd love to pray with you. Or you can come and see me after the service. We'll always give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life and make today the day that you follow Him and live for Him. God, we thank You for Your salvation that You give to us. We choose to build our life on Your Word, on Your truth. We're Your followers. We believe in You. We thank You for what You want to do in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.